Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Welcome, everyone, to RB1 Colon Fantasy Football Podcast, part of the Fate Teams Podcast channel. I am your humble host, Pete Rogers, and I am joined by only one of the guys, Ginger Woodsman, Nick Botterford, the uh, Woodsman beard looking strong. Nick, how are you doing today? Good. Uh, thank you. It's very nice of you. I, I'm, I'm doing really well, man. How are you? Good. Good. You know, puppy life is exciting always uh something going on we had uh someone come in today the heater in our building i guess like half of it wasn't working so they needed or it's, it's like a double furnace heater and one of the furnaces need to be replaced uh and so that was exciting to have he kept like popping in and out and every time bert would just get way too excited but also terrified because he didn't really know who he was and I guess associated loud noises. He was banging around down there. And so that, so anyways, so it was an exciting day, but, uh, but yeah, puppy generally doing well. Cool. Yeah. Uh, there's always some sort of learning curve with everything. Yeah. Cool. Well, we got some NFL news to get to, uh, and then we are going to play the greatest game in the podcast world because we haven't played it in forever. Uh, But let's start with some news. And the biggest news is this new playoff structure that the owners have voted on and have agreed to, and it's now up to the players uh, and the new CBA as to whether or not it will be moved forward for 2020. But the new structure format is it's adding a seventh team from each conference. Uh, So it's 14 playoff teams instead of 12 playoff teams. And the proposal would also eliminate a first round buy for the number two seed in each conference. So had this rule been in place this year, uh, you would have had the Steelers and the Rams would have been the two teams that would have snuck into the playoffs as that new uh, seventh seed. So basically what would happen is you'd have six wild card games instead of uh, four, then four divisional rounds, two conference and a Super Bowl. A lot of different opinions on this one. So we'll start just right there. Nick, what's your opinion on this? Well, I think ultimately it uh, is probably good for viewership because it gives more teams a chance to make it. So there's just going to be more fans that have something on the line than has been uh, previously the case. I, I guess that means uh, I was talking to a buddy about this and the way he put it was like, all right, so I guess they get like more mediocre football, um, you know, from eight and eight teams trying to make it. And so overall that's good. Um, I, I, I don't really know how to feel about the, the loss of the first round buy for the second team. I, I, I like, I guess I would like more buys because teams get, get more time to get healthy and healthy football is better football. Uh, I think maybe what I'm more curious about is the way that I guess, do you know how this is going to end up impacting, um, preseason or are they decreasing any games to make this happen? So that, so 
so I did that I think is also on the table. Uh, and I don't know if that's going through now or go, so the 17 game season is also on the table, I think. And I don't think that that was going to be agreed upon in time for the 2020 season. Um, the, okay. This playoff thing seems like mildly inevitable, like it will happen. Uh, again, mm. I don't understand all the CBA and all of the whole world, how that's all going to play out. But I thought this was an interesting proposal. The 17 game season, I think, is ridiculous i think it's wildly unnecessary uh i understand from an owner standpoint where it's like wow we can make more money uh from a player health standpoint and from uh, just the 16 and 16 or sorry like a 16 game season gives you an eight and eight rec like that's just there's nice symmetry for a middle tier team as opposed to now suddenly a middle tier team is like nine or nine and whatever eight and eight or nine yeah, so I, what I hope is that they, which I perhaps this is obvious, perhaps not. I, I hope that if they do implement that, that they give a second uh, bye week. Yeah, that's because, a, what I've heard the the rumors or okay. like what it seems to be. So really, it would be adding like eighteen weeks of football because there would be two bye weeks and each team would play seventeen weeks. Is that right? No, yeah. you'd have eight. Yeah, nineteen weeks. Sorry, nineteen weeks of football. Whatever it is, I, I I would even be cool with them just not expanding the the playing schedule and just adding in a second bye week anyway, just for player safety purposes. Sure. Um, yeah, that would be cool. But uh, anyway, um, I don't know the the playoff thing. I, I feel fairly ambivalent to it. It's it's just all right. We'll we'll bring in another team. It'll be another eight and eight scrappy team, and then uh, I guess it'll cause you know uh some more competition to to really try to get that first overall seed so maybe which that could will be, influence right which could, could influence influence the week 17 where teams i mean if you don't have that locked up now you're, you're more not aggressiveness in in like 14 weeks 14 and 15 i don't know sure. if anybody's going to be playing well i guess maybe maybe somebody will be playing for the first seed at that point in time yeah i i, I don't know um or it also I makes just, teams it makes teams that are kind of that eight and eight that eight and eight level when week sixteen seventeen rolls around you're like hey our season's still like there's there's one more spot to try to sneak it into so you could get totally. much more exciting games I think I mean from a fantasy standpoint since we are a fantasy podcast uh, yeah. it now makes week seventeen maybe a little more viable just because you might have less teams deciding to just shut everyone down because of resting for the play, you know, so it yeah. might make week 17 more viable. So seasons can actually go through the re- actual football season as opposed to ending in week 16, but we'll see. I, so I'm not wildly better for it. fantasy. Yeah. 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 That's fair. That's what we're here for. I mean, that's the purpose that we've been placed here for. Uh, also in the news, there was a couple videos going around of Des Bryant working out with Patrick Mahomes, uh, which means everyone then is like, is Des making a comeback? And is it with the Chiefs? I don't know. That's fun. I I have not seen these these videos. How's he looking? I mean, he looks good in and out of his routes. I, th- For me, it's the question of like what w- – at what point – is our teams just like not interested, you know? Cause I feel like he is someone who's posted a lot of videos of him, like staying in shape, him working out, him running around. And at a certain point, like our team's just not interested. Like he had that, uh, uh, 
situate or he signed with the Saints and then got injured pretty oh, early on to that. Right? Yeah. Oh, that's right. So he's got to recover from that. So that's definitely going to, you know, uh, color team's perspective on him and, and willingness wow. to bring him on board. But I'm all, I'm here for a, a Des comeback. I mean, why not? Yeah, it'd be cool if they, if he just like juiced up and got to like lightweight tight end size and then they just, some team just let him run. I mean, we <laughs> are, we are very pro cheating and PED use on this podcast. I, yeah, well, I just, I wish that they would legalize it and have it be regulated so that they can all do it safely. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> Nick just wants like a bunch of like, 400 super pound super superhumans walking well, around with just bulging muscles everywhere and just being like this is we're just gonna let these guys just smack the shit out of each other let's see what happens i just, I just want regulation i just want like you like, don't believe in that Nick's like no nope, make it legal and just go let's let everyone go crazy let's see what the human <laughs> body can take and a bunch of mark mcguire's and barry bond oh, smacking God. the shit out of each other no, no, but that would be the point. It would be regulated. So you, it, it, the idea is that you're not abusing it. You're not using it at unsafe, unsafe levels. The thing is that they're all mostly using it anyway. That's why the the drug tests, the, the the twice a year or once a year drug tests are referred to as intelligence tests, not drug tests amongst the the league. It's, well, except for any time that you have like time. a decent game and you're an aging veteran, and then it's like, oh, look what's in my mail: a surprise drug test. Yeah, those. I, that was who it was. Justin Tucker kicked like, <laughs> kicked like mm-hmm. a sixty-yard field goal and got a got a drug test. You're like, oh, okay, let's calm down, it, NFL. Those are so weird because it seems like they'll go after a certain player like relentlessly throughout the course of a season. Like you'll hear, you know, at the end of the season, they're like, some guys like, yeah, I tested every other week. I, I just I don't know I just don't get it 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 seems more like a, a a punitive measure for if you're talking too much in in some cases but you know I live in Seattle so that may just my my vision may be colored on growing up growing up quote unquote with the Legion of Boom but anyway yeah well anyways long story short if Des makes a return to uh, to football I'm here for it and maybe the Chiefs make sense I don't really know they're gonna have to do something about Sammy Watkins because he's uh, either a free agent or a lot of money on their books, and either way, so bad. might not be uh might not be coming back there. And I think there's a lot of teams that could certainly use a a veteran. I mean, because I think at this point in his career, right? My guess is that Des Bryant is. You're right to say he should just bulk up and be a tight end because you're basically bringing him on to be a red zone threat. Like I would not say no to the Patriots just signing him on and only using him around the goal line. Like just the, just the lack of a, of an offensive weapon around the goal line that the Patriots were missing in that, in their passing game was widely on display this year. So any kind of, any team that needs to just put up, you know, get someone who they can put in once you get the 20 yard line and be like, Hey, big body guy knows how to box out, knows how to get a jump ball, win contested catches. We're going to go get him. Cause I think that's all he is yeah. right now. I wouldn't trust him to be like explosive down the field. Yeah. Yeah. That's, I think that's all generally fair. Uh, finally in the news, the bucks are announcing that they are getting new jerseys, which is it fantasy news? No. Is it football news? No. Is it important news? You damn right. It is. 
because we have spent many times, many minutes, many hours on this podcast discussing the uh, atrocity that the alarm clock uh, numbers are and the new Bucks jerseys. Personally, I think the Bucks should just go back to the creamsicles because those creamsicles are gorgeous. Um, and even if they don't, let's let's build that as use that as a template use that as a jumping off point because those are some beautiful jerseys that and in the nfl i'm i'm here for using unique colors as your base primary color the chargers baby blue how many baby blue jerseys are there out there in professional sports not many how many creamsicle jerseys are there in professional sports basically zero come on bucks let's uh, cement your original originality Dude, their old their original jerseys were so fun. They're, they're yes, they were so fun. I just love them. I got a I got a mug I found at Valley Village when I was in college. It's got an old pirate with the cutlass between your teeth, or I guess not a cutlass, but the anyway. Um, yeah, they were cool. Uh, now I salute to the Chargers. I guess we'll just go with that. I uh, I've on the jersey note. Uh, Mark Sessler from the Around the NFL podcast talks about this a lot, and I have to give him props for this idea. The NBA does this. The NBA has each team has like 15 jerseys that they just will like rotate through for games and for special occasions and all that kind of stuff. And everyone's like different variations on it. Why the NFL, you're a money making scheme. Like you all are here to like make money. Why not create a whole, why not let teams have like, 15 different alternate jerseys and just they can cycle through them and fans will buy them. Fans will buy every single jersey that you produce of it, especially if some of them are super dope. Do you have any concern with that um, regarding just the the quarterback's ability to recognize a new jersey? (laughs) I I have not thought about that. But is this is this the uh, God damn it? Who's our, oh, okay? Well, we're gonna get into this. Who was the the radio host who said that Lamar Jackson had an unfair advantage because the ball was the same color as his skin? Oh, and so I don't know. Couldn't see. Fuck that guy, <laughs> dumbass. Jesus Christ. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe I guess <laughs> if I mean, I think the difference, the key would be you'd have to like stay in some sort of like color scheme, right? Like yeah. if the Patriots' yeah. alternate jerseys were green. That might be a little confused. Brady's like, okay, this is weird to throw to. Yeah. I anyway, that's that's my like thought. I and I did just want to touch on your your point from earlier. I, I was looking it up. Um Sammy Watkins, his cap hit this year is twenty one million dollars. He if they cut him, they'll save fourteen of it. Yeah, he's getting cut. hundred percent. Better, dude. Twenty one million. It's like higher than Andy Dalton. Which, uh, when he does get cut, inevitably, this is why you go buy Miko Hardman stock right Dude, the fuck so now. Yeah. Because yeah. that's getting rid re- I mean, Sammy Watkins was the number one receiver on the Chiefs this year. Don't let anyone tell you otherwise. Like, if you look at numbers, Tyreek Hill missed a ton of time, obviously, and so that inflates those numbers. But, like, if Sammy Watkins isn't there anymore, that's a huge opening in that offense, and McCole Hardman seems the most natural person to replace him. Him and Demarcus Robinson, but I think McCole Hardman is the best chance to really kind of put together a massive sophomore year, and people are going to be looking to sell on him, especially because, as we've talked in Dynasty Lease and past podcasts, this year is so wide receiver heavy and people love to get rookies that uh, I think you could get a lot of those kind of 
second year wide receivers who aren't AJ Brown and DK Metcalf for a discount. Yeah, I'm 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 all in. I Evan Silva uh he talks to everybody he can whenever he's on a podcast like do you think do you think Michael Hardman's faster than Tyreek Hill? I think he's faster than Tyreek. I have no idea. But sure. but anyway, kick and play. He's playing a lot. Kick and play. Uh awesome. Well there you go. There's your NFL news. Uh it's been a while, but we figured it's the off season. We've got nothing on our plate. Why not play the best game in the podcasting world? Would you rather? I feel like I don't need to explain this game, but we put out would you rather scenarios and we answer them. They are fantasy football related. They are football related. They are life related. They're whatever is on the top of our dome that we want to call upon. So, Nick, why don't you start us off with your first would you rather? Okay. Uh, so, this is kind of lucky that it's just you and I on the show tonight because the two best questions I could come up with were both Patriots based. Oh, perfect. What a delight. So, yeah. Everybody else, uh, tune out. Every other team if sucks, and we don't care not, about your team. Yeah. That's that's the that's the moral of the story here. If you came on here <laughs> yeah. to listen to other teams, well, I'm sorry. Yeah, not uh, today's not your day. Uh, so we'll do uh, more of the. We'll go with the emotional one first here. Uh, Pete, would you rather bring back Tom Brady or sign any one of the remaining available quarterbacks? I would Probably rather crazy. I'd rather bring back Tom Brady. Tom Brady has reached that point where he it would be weird and just wrong for him to play for any other team. And okay, I want to I want to push you on this though. All right, push me. So we have names like Drew Brees, Philip Rivers. Eh? Drew Brees um, is Drew Brees is coming back to play for the Saints. But okay. if you had said Taysom but, Hill, but this is, if you had said is, Taysom Hill, Nick, I've sold. Nate Taysom Hill. Is, okay. <laughs> But but no, so so we're ignoring if they're gonna get signed. Let's just this is just a would you rather Tom Brady or guys like Drew Brees, Teddy Bridgewater, Ryan Tannehill, Jameis Winston, Mariota, Drew Stanton. If we are if we are going from my like Peter Rogers invested yeah. emotional Patriots fan, I would rather yeah. Tom Brady play for the Patriots in 2020. If we go for Pete Rogers, I just want to see the world burn. Jameis mm-hmm. Winston's the obvious choice. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think we're in lockstep with that. Um, I, I will say I saw someone who who was this? Somebody the other day was trying to make some oh oh oh, I think it was uh the Dandy football podcast. Um they floated uh like perfect landing spots for people in question and they had Cam Newton go into the Patriots and I just, they were like, can you imagine? Like, Belichick has always wanted to have a mobile quarterback to mold I mean, an offense around. How I fun mean, would that be? I mean, I'm not saying, again, <laughs> like, I, so I, I have shared this opinion on this podcast before. And this is, this is the super spoiled Patriots fan who's like, I've had a lot of winning and I just want to have a season where I don't have to worry about 
winning. And so I'm perfectly okay to usher in the next era of Patriots football. I just don't want to do that as long as Tom Brady is still playing football. I don't want Tom Brady to play for any other team. I think it's weird. I don't think it makes any sense. I think people who are speculating that Brady is not going to play for the Patriots in 2020 are dumb. I think there is no team out there that Brady is going to want to go to, going to learn an entire new offense for, going like there's just not a situation there that makes sense for him in my mind. It makes sense for him to stay with the Patriots and I think all of his rumors, all of this all the 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 games that maybe he's playing or all the things that have kind of come out about how he wants to make a lot of money or whatever all this shit is that he's pushing out into this world. I really think that that is not about him. And it is just like, hey, New England, I will sign on the dotted line in an instant, but you guys have to tell me what your game plan is to get offensive weapons around me. And I think that is, they're going to go hyper aggressive. I mean, we already saw there was a, there's rumors about how the Patriots and the Jaguars are interested in trading for Hayden Hurst, which I think makes tons of sense because he's just buried down there in Baltimore and would obviously be a huge impact in either new England or, or Jacksonville. But I also think that the Patriots are going to go hard after Austin Hooper or Hunter Henry in free agency, trying to get themselves a a tight end for Brady in the middle. And I bet you they're going to go hard for another wide receiver. Like I think they're, this is going, they're going to invest heavily in this offense, this off season. Brady's going to say, great. Sounds good. Sign on the dotted line. We're back for 2020. Let's do this because that defense doesn't need to be touched. I mean, you're going to lose some pieces and it will be interesting to see who they are and what happens because there's a lot of guys there that are free agents. Um, But all that to say, I'm happy to usher in the next era of New England football. But if if Tom Brady hasn't retired yet, then I will always want Tom Brady to play for the Patriots. All right, let's, uh, let's take a quick ad break. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. All right. Cool. Cool, cool, cool. What you got for me? Yeah, yours, this is good because this feeds very nicely into one of mine, which is you are, Nick, a quarterback needy fringe playoff team. I'm looking at the Colts, the Chadges, the Bucks, maybe the Broncos, if you're not super sold on uh, Drew Locke. Would you rather enter 2020 with the aforementioned Jameis Winston or Teddy Bridgewater as your quarterback? Uh. That's an excellent question. Thank you. Um, Do you want the guy who, on any given play, could pull out one of the most miraculous throws you've seen 
but also on the next play could throw back-breaking interception? Or do you want Teddy Bridgewater, who will take what's give, what the defense gives you, maybe won't necessarily test down the field, but probably won't turn the ball over that much? So I, I do think like a proper answer comes down to a team-by-team basis, but can I just ask what the deal is? How, what, how, like how long the contract is? Uh, let's say baseline, it's a four-year deal. Oh, man. You're hitching your wagon to this quarterback for, four, for the next four years. That's so tough. Um, yeah, I don't know, man. So the, the one thing that – so the, 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 the easy answer is Jameis Winston because he's had more success and he doesn't carry the health risk, but he does carry extremely real suspension risk, right? If, if, if any, uh, I have no doubt that there's more skeletons in this person's closet. And, and even if there aren't the, the personal judgment he shows tells me that it's very likely he's going to go down a bad path again. I, but now he has 2020 vision. So, and so now he has 2020 vision, which is the craziest friggin' thing. And I honestly won't be surprised if he becomes far more accurate on the field than he has been. Um, Teddy Bridgewater, though, is a guy who you would want to build a locker room around. He's shown to be pretty like decent in the short to intermediate areas of the field. He's still willing to run with the ball. Oh man, I think um, personally, I, I I think I would go with Teddy Bridgewater, and I think it's just because he brings more security. As far as uh, I don't think he's going to get in trouble off field. I think he'll be a good leader in the locker room. I know what I'm getting in in, in him as far as what is like his uh, what he can excel at. There are some questions about can he continue to work downfield and that kind of stuff, but you know, like, like Belichick always says, it's the coach's job to understand what a player's limitation, what a player's limitations are and never ask them to do anything outside those limitations. Got a pretty decent idea of what that is with Bridgewater. And we, you need more time to fully suss all that out, but I think you could do it. And I think you could build a program around it. Now you, you have to have, I'm going with Bridgewater, but I will say you have to have a coach that is going to build the scheme around him and the chargers won't do that. The Broncos won't do that. So I don't know, but if I'm just, but the Colts should the Colts got, they totally would like they totally another one I was thinking of is like being specifically Colts and saying, would you rather Philip rivers or Teddy Bridgewater? Because Philip rivers is more or less what everyone assumes is where is who the Colts will go with. Um, because there's so many, there's so many connections there. Like uh, John D, not John D. Filippo's there, but uh, uh, the, there's a bunch of coaching connections that that Rivers has with the Colts currently. Uh, and smarter I, than that, I I would still go with Teddy Bridgewater. I I Me too. people. This is what this is what irked me. We talked about this on last week's show or two weeks ago. This whole like PFT's Taysom Hill fucking hype show that he put on. It blows my mind that people are hyped about Taysom Hill when Teddy Bridgewater was the one who carried the Saints to a 5-0 and record through nine touchdowns and two interceptions. And, like, yes, was it an explosive, exciting offense? Not particularly. But did it win games? Yes. And if you're the Colts or if you're a team that 
is primed for a playoff push, especially now that there's that extra spot for every team. Uh, if you're primed for a playoff push, are you going to take a Teddy Bridgewater just feels like his, his floor is higher than someone like Winston or even rivers. And yes, maybe a ceiling isn't as high, but we have seen you can build a team and an offense. If you're smart around a quarterback, no matter what their limitations are. Taysom Hill reminds me of like, now I know Demarcus Robinson. Um, was that, were there two players of that name? Shoelaces for Michigan. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, who's uh, for the Jaguars, right? Who became a running back. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, so he was quarterback in college, but he, he became listed as an offensive weapon. And it was like, he, he, oh, he, a better option is like, uh, um, uh, Tavon Austin. That, mm-hmm. That's kind of what, um, Taysom Hill reminds me of a as a quarterback. He's, and don't, don't build your team around that. He's used, he's used perfectly right now. Keep, keep it that way. He threw Six eight passes. In 2019. He doesn't have any touchdown passes, right? Eight fucking passes. Yeah. Anyways. Okay. Uh, People can, yeah. What's what's your second would you rather? Uh, If you were the Patriots and you can only sign one, are you choosing Hunter Henry or A.J. Green? Hunter Henry. And let me tell you, let me tell you why. I thought I was going to have to push you to defend AJ Green. So okay, no, I I love me some AJ Green. I think AJ Green, if he hits the open market, I would have a hard time believing that Brian Gutekunst and the Green Bay Packers let him go anywhere else. Like he just feels like a perfect fit for what Green Bay needs in that offense. However, between the two players, if I get if I, you know, no one's challenged me on either. I have my choice. Uh, I think that we've seen the importance of the tight end position in New England's offense as long as Tom Brady is under center, right? Belichick, I trust that if they were to get a different quarterback, they would restructure this offense to fit that quarterback. But with Brady under center, we know he loves tight ends, and we know he loves attacking the middle of the field. Uh, Hunter Henry, we have seen flashes of real like difference-making at the tight end position. And the injuries obviously have been not great, right? That's been his biggest downfall. It hasn't been talent. It hasn't been skill. It hasn't been consistency. It's been injuries. It's just been staying on the field. Reminds me of a certain Rob Gronkowski, who also had uh, a lot of injuries. And yet, when he came to New England, he was more or less fine for a good stretch of time, which is uh, nice. But, uh, But I'll take that over... A 30-plus-year-old wide receiver who needs to get on the page with Brady, who needs to learn. Like, we've seen that narrative play out before. Chad Ochocinco uh, sticks out to me like a sore thumb where they just weren't able to get on the same page. Now, I think A.J. Green, no no disrespect to uh, Chad Ochocinco, big-time listener of the show, I know. Uh, I feel like A.J. Green probably has a more focused and professional viewpoint on things or would be able to like digest the playbook better i have no idea that's purely projection and conjecture. but uh but i i would rather go with hunter henry not only because of the importance of the tight end possession but also because of his youth uh and untapped potential uh if you had given me austin hooper or a hunter henry 
that would have been a damn tough call because both of them have been great. But I think you go with Austin Hooper because he's been able to stay on the field. That's interesting. So I, I definitely would have gone with Henry just because he's such a better blocker. That's fair too. But we've seen, again, the Patriots have been able to mold an offense where you don't necessarily, like Aaron Hernandez was a terrible blocker. He was basically just an overgrown wide receiver and was still hyper-effective in that offense. I think you would then, they would then bring in a tight end who could block uh, hmm. and, and kind of work with that. I, I, I think that, but you're right. That's another, that's another plus for uh, Hunter Henry too, because he is, he's strong in the running game as a blocker. What's funny about Henry is, um, I don't mean to sound like too macabre here, but when NFL players tear a, the ACL, um, they're 11 times more likely to tear the other one within a time frame of, I think it's four years. And after they get out of that four year window, then that the likelihood just plummets. Um, but he's torn them both. And what's funny is I, don't, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't, I, I don't actually know what the, what the likelihood or what the trend is after tearing both, but I can't recall very many times where there've been three ACL tears. Um, so it does, it does seem like it would be like, I, you're right. It does seem like after an ACL surgery, it would take a lot for that ACL to then tear again, which maybe yeah, is it's a fresh counterintuitive, but yeah. So I don't, um, anyway, I, he, I'll have to look into that, but he might sort of like be out of the, the, the window of, of scary ACL potential, um, That'll be an interesting thing to try to figure out this offseason. Ooh, now I'm all excited. Uh, all right, I got I got two more. Would you rather? One is one is a, a thought provoking one, um, and then another one's a really quick one. So a little fancy talk. We'll start with a thought provoking one. Would you rather make your risk pick? Because we all have those in our fantasy drafts. A player who we're taking a risk on. Would you rather make your risk pick on someone coming off a bad season but with a ton of talent, like OJ Howard or I mean, Odell Beckham is like the obvious choice, but I was thinking more like David Johnson, guys who you know that there's a lot of fantasy potential there. We've seen it before from them, but it didn't work last year. Or on a rookie slash young guy who hasn't really done anything yet, but you trust the situation slash potential like a Nikhil Harry or a David Montgomery. Uh, well, you know, my irritating answer is going to be that it's situation specific. Um I mean, yeah, I would have no problem going right back to the well with Beckham. Um, as far as Howard, no. Uh, I mean, the, the Aryan tight end thing seemingly was proven true uh, this season. If, if it, you were ever going to find a way to prove that he just does not use them, it was with O.J. Howard. Um, but by the same token, I'm, I'm, I think I'm happy – I'll likely be happy to to roll with uh, Dave Montgomery as like a flex or maybe an RB two. Um, it's a really tough question. I I guess generally though, I probably would be okay to go with the person who had a down year rather than someone unproven, um, just because they've done it before and oftentimes. Uh, blips on the radar like that are from improper usage not necessarily uh being exposed uh, you know if we if we see that a player has some nfl success and all of a sudden they just can't or didn't produce uh, it's usually 
a donkey coach that got his hands on him. So, uh, I, yeah, I think I'd probably go with the player with the, with the down here. Yeah. I think that's those. I feel like I, with having done no research or, or track record to back this up, but in my mind, I feel like those guys have the better chance of hitting the guys who are coming off of a down year. Like, like I think of, and it, and again, it came with a, a change, a slight change in location for him. But I think of like Allen Robinson, right? Allen Robinson had a down year back in 2018. Uh, in fact, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Was he injured or not? He just had a bad year. He was the year after his ACL. I Got think, it. That he, he like, uh, just yeah, didn't look good. Um, but then yeah. he was able to, yeah, because he was in Chicago, played. 13 games in 2018 didn't put together, uh, you know, I uh, have what 700 yards, 700 plus yards, 750 and four touchdowns. And then bounces back 2019, uh, 1100 plus yards, seven touchdowns and looked yeah. like that kind of dominant receiver we saw in Jacksonville. So I tend to, I tend to be more willing to play, put my money on the player who we've seen success from before. And we can talk ourselves into a new narrative or a change, a different offense, whatever it might be. Rather put that as my risk as opposed to like someone who we haven't really seen anything yet. That being said, I will overdraft Nikhil Harry yet again this year. That's funny. Yeah. And, and ultimately the the blanket answer to this might just be, if it's the risk pick, like where I'm like, ah, fuck it. Uh, Whoever I deem to have the highest ceiling. Sure. But it's probably going to be the guy who had a blip anyway. Yeah. No. Yeah. I'm just, that I feel like is where I'm at too, where I feel like the guy who has the higher ceiling, I will, I tend to side with the player who has shown something in the past, as opposed to the young guy who we haven't necessarily seen anything from. Uh, all right. Well, to wrap up the game, the would you rather, I have just a quick one, Nick, would you rather have to tackle Derek Henry one-on-one or get blindside sacked by Aaron Donald? <laughs> and, uh, I actually like have to try to tackle Derrick. Oh, you actually, it is your life depends on being able to tackle Derrick Henry. Um, <laughs> I would take the sack. I would, uh, yeah, I would take the sack because when I feel the impact, I would just go totally limp and sail with him through the air. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. You tell yourself that. Have Dude, you seen? The, I, have you seen the Jackass where Johnny Knoxville gets hit by uh, Jared Allen? Yes. Oh, yes, I have. Yeah. That that video Maybe. forever will like be in my mind, be in the back of my mind whenever I think of like when I see a hit in football and I'm like, nah, that doesn't seem too bad. And then I'll replay that video <laughs> in my head and I'm like, no, I me being a normal human would be absolutely obliterated. Yeah. So hey, before we sign off, I did have uh I was gonna ask Clark if he was on here. Would he rather, uh, if he could just pull back all of his fandom, would he rather have chosen to have been a lifelong Texans fan or a lifelong Seahawks fan? But he's not here. So but he's not know. here. And my answer would be anything other than the goddamn Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. Probably. Uh, also, fun fact, Aaron Donald benches 500 pounds. Just have you? Just not a human. Yeah, no, he's enormous. I mean, his his steroid program is exquisite. Um, the thing that I do fear for him though, and his training methods is the knife. The knife training. <laughs> he says they're not real knives. 
you know what? You don't have to have a real knife to trip and then have your trainer's fake knife go into your eye. <laughs> like it, it, Message to Aaron Donald, wear safety goggles if you're going to do this knife training. Yes. Just I just wear safety mind. goggles. Like what are you Please Aaron, we're thinking of you. Knife. We want we want your career to be as long as possible. Please wear safety goggles. Wear safety goggles. Any pointed object generally can just explode your eye, dude. I <laughs> This is Dr. Nick it, talking. Dr. Nick well, knows knows about medicine and injuries and exploding eyeballs like, from pointy sharp objects. That shit's real. So Alvin Kamara also has these batshit friggin' workout <laughs> programs. Like there's one where he I watched him, I think it was they, they fused the uh, uh, like a, a barbell to the squat rack and then tied it to a car. And he had to carry the whole squat rack oh. with the car in neutral. And it was like, your knees and shins are going to explode. This is not a good idea. This is really stupid. And you're putting all this strain on your shoulders and your back. Like you're, the force is bending your spine back. This is stupid as shit. Anyway, God damn it, well, Alvin. Just, just, uh, just take it easy, you guys. You professional athletes who, uh, who know how to train with professional trainers. We, we here on the RB1 podcast want your career to last as long as possible. And as such, we would politely ask you to, uh, to take it easy. And with that, we will tell you, the listeners, to take it easy. <laughs> what i did there make sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts itunes spotify stitcher the whole nine yards bert is tell a big fan of you subscribing he was just chiming in to tell you to make sure to do it follow us on twitter at the at rb1 podcast follow myself at pete m rogers and follow nick at ginger underscore underscore nick without a k we will be back at you next week uh ooh, we'll talk a little scouting combines and that's happening at the end of the week there you go there's some nfl content to talk about until then peace